Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Yankees on the Prem. This time we're back to recap match week six. And uh, I know if you guys listened to our last episode, I was saying, please, 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 no more surprises when we were offering our predictions. But um, we got more of the same uh, unpredictableness of the Premier League, the same BS, the same thing that makes this league so entertaining. Uh, for this episode, we are without uh, Shady. Uh, he, he couldn't be with us today. But that's okay because you guys have me. <laughs> and we're also with Sam, a Tottenham fan, and my cousin Jonathan, a Chelsea fan. Um, so before we jump into the matches we'll be talking about, uh, I wanted to go through with some of the results around the league. Uh, Aston Villa lost 3-0 to Leeds at Villa Park. West Ham and Manchester City, uh, it ends all square um, at uh, the Olympic Stadium. 1-1, uh, Fulham lose to Crystal Palace, 2-1 uh, at Craven Cottage. Manchester United and Chelsea, they tie 0-0, the first goalless draw of the season. Uh, Liverpool just barely edge out uh, Sheffield United at Anfield with a 2-1 victory after some bar controversy with a penalty being uh, an unjust penalty being rewarded to Sheffield United. Uh, big surprise here as Southampton beat Everton 2-0 at St. Mary's. Wolverhampton uh, draw with Newcastle at the Molyneux. Arsenal lose uh, to Leicester 1-0 at the Emirates. Leicester left it late. Uh, goal courtesy of none other than Jamie Vardy. Brighton Hove Albion tie with West Bromwich Albion. And Burnley lose to Tottenham Hotspur 1-0. Uh, so I'm just going to bring in Sam and Jonathan now. Guys, what's the what's the mood around around you guys with, with the, this one? We're in uh, I'm still crying every week, so yeah. No <laughs> um, what's what's the first game we want to talk about? Uh, Leeds United Villa. Leeds United. Okay, sure, sure. So, so up until this point, Villa were the only undefeated team this season. Right? Well, Dumb and Everton. No. Uh. Ever, well, they had. Excuse me. Villa were had the only perfect record. They were. Uh. Was it four? Four? Four, four wins. At, four no. Yeah. Four no. Yeah. Four no. They'd come off a very impressive victory uh, against against Liverpool, uh, 7-2. Shocking victory. An anomaly, as some called it. And then they lose 3-0 to Leeds United. Uh, another hyper-offensive team, coached by none other than Marcelo Bielsa. Uh, so, what what does this mean for Villa going forward? Uh, I don't think they, could see it, they should see it as a setback. You know, you're not going to win every game. They're not. The invincible, let's, let's compare it to, I guess, or they're not the best team in the league, but you know, they're they're playing well together and you expect some losses. Like, I wouldn't be down considering they started off very well. And Sam, what are your thoughts? I see them staying afloat, but I don't see them staying on. I see them having more draws than wins. I just want to say right off the bat that Aston Villa this year look uh, miles better than what they looked like last season. I, I mean, the, the tra- the, uh, what they've done, the bit of business they've done in the transfer market with Ross Barkley and Ollie Watkins and retain- keeping uh, uh, Jack Grealish. I was going to say Alex Grealish. Jack Grealish. And their, their keeper. And then, of course, Emiliano Martinez. He's a, he impressed so much during his short, um, short uh, uh, given playing time at Arsenal. Uh, it, it's just insane, you know. So, do do you think Villa fans maybe felt like, hey, like you know, we might get Champions League football, where we, we might chance for the title? No, 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 no. That, that's it's taking too it too early. far. Too they 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 could definitely feel confident enough that their team is well 
put together that they should stay up well, with no problems. Well, I, I do want to say though that uh, the the in social media I'm referring to the sense around Leeds United, some of the fans were like, "Oh, we're gonna take the Premier League by storm, and we're actually gonna chance for like a European spot, whether it be Europa League or Champions League." And they just came up from uh, the Championship. Well, Meanwhile, that just might be the hype talking. You know what I mean? They're, right. They're very excited. So, so, so what is? Yeah. So what? So what about what about the hype between these two clubs? Because if it's not, if Villa wasn't exciting you with their perfect record, I'm sure Leeds were exciting a lot of neutral neutrals and fans alike with their brand of football. Um, I to be honest, Leeds does excite me more. Like I've seen Villa up and down. I see Villa get destroyed and i see villa come uh, up with some impressive victories but it's not consistent enough for me to be liking their football now do i think they put together a well team this season i do uh they kept jack Grealish, like you said very important and they got a new keeper um but leeds united i don't know there's something about their style of play that catches my eye probably the coach you know hmm. and, and, and sam what do you what do you make of this like do you think there's like a fairy tale underdog story somewhere between both these clubs But you think they're both surviving the drop? Yeah, no, yeah, no. I think, yeah, I don't think they're going to fall too much. But I think they're a lot more, they're a lot better than we all thought they would be. Okay. And, and well, this season has been full of surprises. You know, we had West Ham, everybody, I think, put West Ham being relegated. And look, they're putting yeah, out with results. Dead, and, uh, dead last, yeah. And then we put Brighton surviving. And although they may be playing well, they're not getting the results at all. Yeah, there's. They only have one win, or they might be winless still. But um, so so all right, and, and just staying on Villa, it's their three 0 loss to Leeds United, and like it's three 0 it's not one 0 it's not two one, it's three 0 Is that it's a hat trick courtesy of Patrick Bamford? Um, is is this is that result an anomaly? And, and how how important is it that Villa bounce back from that result? Um, I don't think the anomaly. Um, you know why I was able to watch the extended highlights. Villa had opportunities. It was just one of those days where the ball was not going into the back of the net, unfortunately. So I wouldn't like if, like I said, if I was a team, yeah, I'd be upset three nil. But look, look at all the plays and the attacks that they had. That ball, courtesy of the keeper, you know, being stopped, or just shots that unfortunately went a bit wide. It just wasn't their day in front of goal. So, so for you. Uh, Villa just had it. Just was not the good, right night for Villa. Yeah, it was, it was a it was a bad day, you know, for them. Now take the loss, now regroup and come back strong next game. Who do they play next game, by the way? Oh, what a golazo, Patrick Bamford! Yeah, so, yeah, I'm watching so, the highlights right now. So they're playing Aston Villa. Uh, excuse me, they're playing Aston Villa's playing Southampton uh, next weekend uh, on November first. Um, so let's move on to to the next game, guys. Uh, the next what, game. Who does Chelsea play? Chelsea play Burnley, but that's not what we'll be talking about. Uh, what, what's the what's the other game we're talking about? Uh, Aston Villa Leeds. Oh, Manchester United Chelsea is next on the agenda, since that happened oh, first. God. And um, it's a nil nil draw. And since we don't have any Manchester United supporters here, I will be the Manchester United supporter for this episode, for this segment. Uh, oh, how dare you? Why don't you just talk about Chelsea? No, nah, somebody. We have to have some sort of balance for the Manchester United fans, and I already know what I'm going to talk about. It's going to be like backhanded criticism, backhanded comp, no, constructive criticism for United. Um, but Jonathan, uh, why don't you start us off with the nil-nil draw, and then and Sam, you can weigh in with your thoughts as a neutral. Where do I start? Uh, Mendy, great saves. 
Uh, he almost made me rip my hair off oh with that goodness. pass that almost <laughs> ended up. Oh yes, yeah, so I. I was about to turn off my. I was about to turn off my TV. I, I yo, I texted. I think I texted our group chat, Anderson. And I said, "Keppa in." <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> a joke. I saw that. Um, but that's just me being stupid. But no, Mendy had a, a tremendous game, I believe. You know, great saves, kept us in it. Um, poor from uh, Timo Werner, in my opinion. Not enough. But that's that's what you expect when United came out. Uh, I'm not going to say super defensive, but, you know, they they did their job defensively. You thought you uh, thought they had, like, a low block that stopped Timo from getting in behind them? Yeah, you know, he needs space to run in. Like, he's quick like that. But it's not always going to work, especially against teams that played low block defenses but maybe he's best utilized in the wing for for chelsea who knows um and then poor performance from uh Havertz, in my opinion just wasn't doing enough maybe the first half yeah but then he like completely disappeared second half for me i think uh Ziyech or or mason mountain should have come in a lot earlier maybe at halftime but uh, that's just my personal opinion after watching the entire game you know for once i'll agree with you because i know we get no i know uh we we give a lot of stick to Mason Mount for not playing for playing all ninety minutes week in week out, but uh, yeah, but, but he's but, more. I feel like he runs around more than Havertz and oof, provides absolute, options. Absolutely, absolutely, and I was actually very happy to see him come on for Havertz. I thought the substitution was a bit late. Yeah, uh, super late from Lampard, but uh, he he got to start getting on top of the like. I I me personally, I think at the sixtieth minute mark, that's when your your first sub should be right. Made. That actually was a good. You actually bring up a good point because Ole made. The first substitutions, he, and, and I, yeah, we had to wait for Lampard to try and respond. Um, any other, any other big talking points in the game? You, you want to? Bring oh, the, the uh, should I? If we had a United fan here, we probably would have argued a lot about this. But what is the point of VAR other than to gift United penalties if you are not going to even check <laughs> that is, the grapple that is on Aspeliqueta? That, that is rough. That is rough. Um, since I'm taking the side of a Manchester United fan, uh, I'll say VAR is incredibly inconsistent, and um, and and for, for now happens to be favoring Manchester United. As at one point it was favoring Liverpool, and now all these calls seem to be going against Liverpool. And I that's mean, also you, echoing you, Shady's words actually, because he brought that up with the yeah. Ever, but you you, you know, it's just coincidence that it happened to be. A lot of United calls, a lot of Liverpool calls. Now it's the opposite on Liverpool. Look, man, it's just coincidence, whether we like it or not. But VAR is very inconsistent. Like, how are you going to tell me Maguire wrapping his arms around Espelicueta and not letting him jump is not a penalty? Well, I'll be, like, I'll be honest with you, Jonathan. I thought his the, when he kicked Batshuayi in the nuts last season, I thought that was like a more blatant... That was a red card. Yeah, I thought that was more... And, and VAR did nothing. Did, so yeah, exactly. so this so this one didn't really bug me as much because I was no like, no it bugged me as a Chelsea fan because look yeah, I'm trying to take any we, three we, points we, I could get yeah but you we're gonna we play Manchester United at least twice twice in a season at least you know it's gonna yeah, happen it's gonna care. it's gonna happen at least once a game something like this is gonna uh, happen at least nah, once. that that's that's three points being robbed in a sense if that's the case I'd rather have no VAR and just let my emotions take take over during the game I could accept that more than my emotions being pissed off about VAR not being consistent enough or just being stupid. Like, for uh, example, oh, I, I know I'm going off topic on the game, but did you see the Fulham Crystal Palace game? The red card was, in my opinion... I'm sorry, was it the... No, not the Fulham Crystal Palace. Everton and Southampton. Yeah. Yes, that red card was should have been overturned, in my opinion. Like, he's just running. He's, you know... 
His foot got stuck on his heel. He, yeah. There was no... Uh, you'll, you'll be happy to know Jamie Redknapp agrees with you. He says the game's gone if that's a red card. So, so uh, I mean, it, yeah, it was very soft. But we'll talk about that in a moment. Sam, I want to ask you, what are your thoughts on Harry Maguire's... Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know what's it called. A hug? Potential penalty. Uh, I mean, was, I mean, the bear like, hug? Yeah. It was like a strangle. It was a headlock, but... Uh, well, well, what I, you... I think... I think... I, I really... Uh, oh, I thought it was connected. Uh, I really thought that should have been a penalty. Hands down. Hands down. There's, there's no way. I I get called for a penalty for shouldering somebody because I'm bigger. <laughs> okay. Was, that's a bear hug. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, but... I almost RKO'd him. <laughs> and, and and overall performance, it's a nil nil draw at Old Trafford. Who do you thought played better? Uh, first half I give to Chelsea. Second half I give to United. And you, Sam? Yeah, no, no, I was that's exactly how I was gonna go. So, so I, I, since since it's Harry Maguire at the center of the controversy again, um, I have to ask you guys both of you, and I want to hear from you first, Sam. Actually, you know he came from Leicester for like what eighty five million pounds. Um, eighty million, I believe. Eighty million. He costs a lot of money. Um, I guess he deserves some sort of praise for getting away with this. Um, at least if you're a Manchester United fan. So what, what, what do you do? Is he an 85 million problem at the back? Or is he actually, is he actually like some, somebody you want to have at your club? Maguire has yet to prove, to me at least, that he's, his price tag justifies the purchase because how many games has he gotten United, you know, out of a, a tough situation. I, I, I can remember more games of him being a screw-up than saving United. <laughs> Me too. You know? but, but, and, and Sam, you? He's turning out to be like David Luiz, in my opinion. Oh, God. Oh, like, but even David Luiz had But I think, I think that, yeah, I think, you Just know, we're Chelsea fans. Too much fucked up. I know you guys are. That's why I had to say it. No, no, but, no, no, but, but, David, but we David like Luiz, him. You know, we like him. I mean, I like him. I, I, I mean, I like them. He's come but through there, for there's been. Yeah, but there's been games also where he switches off. No, but no, however, no. he he has saved us in, in multiple yeah, yeah. situations. Been, Unlike Maguire, he for was United. he was way better at his second spell in Chelsea than his first spell, and uh, he's probably one of the best ball playing center backs in the game. And and I, I can say that like hands down. No, there that you can't argue. He could play with his feet. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Um, a little too much for his liking. I think it's. I think he's a waste of money. That's that's too much. Maguire. Okay, and, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna give my point of view as a, as a first of all I so so this is for Manchester United fans, uh, me trying to sort of like uh, take the stance sort of as a Manchester United fan. So uh, I don't know if you either of you saw it, Sky Sports. There's Patrice Evra, uh, and he's and he and he's arguing with uh, former Chelsea player uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, and um, Hasselbank will take him. And so he's basically saying. He's basically saying, uh, like, no disrespect to Danny Van Der Beek, but we don't need him at the club. And I thought that was not only incredibly disrespectful, but, I mean, nobody's going to care about whether it was disrespectful or not. I thought, you know, you think about how much Manchester United fans loved Javier Hernandez because he comes off the bench and he'll score a goal out of nowhere. Danny Van Der Beek knows his way in and out of the box, right? He he's the one who scored the goal against Tottenham when you got when the club when the club was uh what was it like five 0 down, um I I just I just don't understand how why Ole doesn't rate him. It's clear that he doesn't. It's not like oh he just like you're starting Fred and McTominay over him, right? Ever you know this guy this Fred uh, yo Fred I thought he was dead or left United. I, when I saw him on the lineup a few weeks ago, I was, I was so confused. Look, 
Patrice Evra is talking about how he wants Manchester United to play this fearless, free-flowing, attacking football, play with no fear. Yeah, McTominay and Fred are like, the, like that is the antithesis of what you're saying. You know, maybe I can make a case for McTominay. You know, he's a good tackler. Um, even Fred has stepped up his game. But, I mean, if you're not happy with a nil-nil draw at Old Trafford against one of your biggest rivals, then you have to put in Danny Vanderbilt. He, I mean, you know, he's a Champions League semi-finalist. They don't have that at Manchester United except, like, Paul Pogba. And I think David De Gea, but they don't have that at Manchester United. Like, you have to respect them more. Like, Danny Vanderbeek, I, I, I'm not entirely sure. He's not a bench player. And if he is, he needs to come on and get at least 30 minutes. I'm telling you right now, if Danny, as a Chelsea fan, and even, even though I'm trying to defend Manchester United as a Chelsea fan, if Danny Vanderbeek comes on for Manchester United... Probably even if you give him 15 minutes, he's probably getting at least one. He's probably creating at least half a chance for a goal, and he's the kind of player that's gonna sneak in a goal. He has that Frank Lampard quality, that 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 quality that you can't really teach. He just he's always but at the you right. You know when to make that run into yeah, the box. He's always at the right place at the right time in the box, and you can't teach that. So I won't lie. When I saw the lineup and I saw Van der Beek and Pogba on the bench, I was a little excited. I thought we were gonna run circled around that midfield. Um, I mean Pogba. I I think Ole's trying to make a statement by benching Pogba. Um, I, I do fear Pogba, but you know, I, he, he's been, he's been, Listen, a, he's been, he's been, a, he's been a bit poor at times, even though he was good when he came out against Paris, he's been poor at times, but you know, I honestly, man, and Manchester United fans, I'm not entirely sure. Like, honestly, like it nil, nil Marcus Rashford had a good shot on goal. Edward Mendy had a good save, but I really think we would have lost. I really think Chelsea would have lost if Danny Vanderby came on. Like I just, for the, for the, for the life of me, I don't understand. Why Manchester United fans aren't excited to see him play? I don't understand why Ole's not playing him. I don't understand why a former Manchester United player, a legend, is saying that the club don't need him. The club uh, is in—I don't want to say in a state of shambles, but uh, he is one of the more experienced European players. And you have somebody like McTominay and Fred in midfield. I don't understand. You don't have the luxury to keep him on the bench. Just saying. I agree, actually. I agree. Okay, that 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 kind of stuff. Um, Sam, did, did, do you know anything about Danny Vanderbeek? I'm just curious. I've seen him play some games. But have you in, in Champions League? Yeah, I've seen him in Champions League. Yeah, I mean, him, uh, Hakim Ziyech, and uh, the former Southampton player, the current captain. I forget his name. Um, Jonathan, do you know who I'm talking Ward about? Ward Prowse. <laughs> Ward Prowse. James Ward Prowse does not play for for Ajax. <laughs> You said Southampton, the, the the current. No, the captain of Ajax right now. He's the former. Um, he used to play for for Ajax. I mean, he used to play for Southampton. Captain of Ajax. Oh. Right um, no, Dusan Tadic. Tadic. Yeah, Tadic. Yes. Yeah, I mean, did they not light up the Champions League? Like, I and Danny Vanderbeek was integral to to Ajax's uh, semifinal run. Like, I I don't understand why. Who who in that Manchester United team has been in the semifinals before? I don't even think Edison Cavani's played a Champions League semifinal. So like, what are you talking? They just came off a final, no? Yeah. Oh, but he didn't play. No, but he, did he play? No, he didn't play. That's where he played. No, he uh, he didn't. That's what that's my point. I mean, yeah, that that's that's also like his first fucking European final. Nothing against Cavani. I think he's a great signing for Manchester United. Thank you. He's actually been the top goal scorer just behind Messi and Ronaldo, and since he made his European debut. Oh, oh wow! See, I mean, more to be excited about because Lord knows Martial's not gonna get you at least half a goal week in week out. Like that's the truth. Martial. So I mean, yeah, you guys have to put start Cavani. You have to start Cavani. There's always good competition. Yeah, and he came in and he almost scored right away. Um, 
Cavani needs to. Pogba, I hope Pogba starts. Next um, I, I, I'm not. I think, I think, I think Pogba's a huge problem. I don't know how he plays in that midfield. I like Juan Mata starting actually, not just because he's a he's a former Chelsea player, but you can see that his mind works as quick as Bruno Fernandez's, and and everyone else is literally like two steps behind both of them, because they both move the ball so quick. Um, I think also Manchester needs to respect Juan Mata more, even though he's. Yo, old. they. I mean, I mean, not Daniel. I mean, he lo- Regardless if he's old, his mind is still great. He yeah, knows he what is. he's doing. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he passes the ball with such listen, fluidity I, and such purpose. I was angry when Mourinho got rid of Mata because I liked Mata so much at Chelsea. I think those were obviously his best years of playing, but I was very, very upset that he went to United. It's a, it's a bit bizarre. And also, you know, David De Gea, I know he didn't have much to do this game, but he needs, he looks like he's recaptured his form. And it feels like, like you know, there was a lot of pressure to start Dean Henderson over him. And, I and, mean, you, know, you, you better recapture it for him. You got Dean Henderson but yeah, on But you bench. have to stick with the player, though. A, a player that's been proven and has been with the club through the worst of it. So, like, play, play, people like David De Gea can have to be undisputed starters. Edison Cavani has to give Anthony Martial a run for his money. Somebody needs to pressure Marcus Rashford for that starting role because he's not... Well, remember, Cavani just well. uh, came back from quarantine. I know. I, yeah, of course. I'm saying, like, moving forward... For the rest of the season, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure Cavani's da- gonna start. Da- I games. mean, Danny Van Der Beek has to be taking the role of either Fred or 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 um or, or McTominay. Or I'm thinking like a, a midfield with like McTominay and and McTominay and uh, Danny Van Der Beek at the pivot, and Bruno Juan and Cavani somewhere up top. You know, something along those lines. Like because I don't understand how Daniel James is starting. I I, I don't understand a lot about Manchester United. I, and I don't understand how they have a bit of quality. Not a lot, but they have a bit of quality. That they leave to rot on the bench, it just doesn't make sense to me. People, um, the problem is, I think teams are still coming to Old Trafford and respecting the pedigree of what they were and not what they currently are. Well, uh, <laughs> that's. I mean, I don't think Manchester United fans will want to hear that, but, but yeah, I mean, that's my take. Um, and as for Chelsea, two clean sheets, uh, but no goals. So everyone's seeing Frank Lampard has to find the balance. He does. There uh, is about well, clearly, you know, either we're conceding I, a lot of goals and scoring them ourselves, and, or we're just keeping clean sheets and not and, scoring at all. I, I love watching Kai Havertz play, but I will say, man, really, I, I, I've been very upset with his performance. I, 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 no, I love. I think he plays so. He's so calm on the ball. He's so calm. I love it. But I'd be honest with you, if I was his teammate, I would be yelling the shit out because he's so fucking lazy. He's so fucking lazy. He is. He's not used to the pace of it. Like, I think it was his first or second game. He said, no, oh, the Premier League is very exhausting. But I think he's fat in the head. Like, I just think, like, he's just not going to... He plays like a pretty boy. He's just not going to put an attack. Oh, he's not going to... Listen, ZH come back from injury, play ZH over Havertz or even Mount at this point. We got Pulisic back. Pulisic will, re- it will rediscover his form, I believe. And Havertz yeah, is... Havertz uh, needs more time. Maybe he's one of those players that needs a little bit more time to adjust to the league or the team or whatever, maybe. Could be. Sam, what are your thoughts on Kai Havertz and Timo Werner? Since they had an awfully quiet game against Manchester United. Wait, who? Uh, Kai Havertz. You know Kai. <laughs> Kai and Timo? No, I do not. Yeah, shut up. What? Yo. You don't know Kai Havertz and Timo Werner? Why is this man on the podcast? <laughs> 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 okay, now fair play, fair play. You're a Tottenham fan. You, you shouldn't give a fuck about what Chelsea do. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> all right, let's move on then. <laughs> let's move on to the surprise. Everton Southampton. So uh, before we talk about Ever- Southampton and Everton, I do want to say I thought Villa were going to beat Leeds United, and Jonathan, you were correct in your prediction. You're saying that the fairy tale comes to an end after four fucking games. 
they fucking lose, which is bullshit. Um, it's only but, the beginning of the but, season. But, but, Don't but, worry. But, but with twelve points, I'll probably be safe from relegation. <laughs> well, to be honest, look, no, Villa can still go top of the table. They got one game in hand. I think it's against Manchester United, though. So. Uh, yeah, but back then that would have scared Villa fans. But United is fuck United. They're fucking little chihuahuas right now. Uh, I I'd love to be able to be disrespectful towards Manchester United, but we drew no no against them, so I can't. Yeah, but Chelsea Chelsea is like a cub lion right now. All, all roar, yeah. no bite. I I think I th- yes. Oh, that's a good. That's a very good analogy. Yeah, they're all roar, no bite. All bark, no bite. <laughs> well, that's, I said roar because they're you know lying, whatever. <laughs> um. So Everton lose two 0 to Southampton. Uh, Shocker! Shocking performance at St. Mary's. And Southampton started off the season very poor, uh, and they got this fucking amazing result. Uh, and so now Everton, which uh, were were favorites, if you can even call somebody a favorite this season, they were this favorites. This season has been up and down. So. Who wants to go first, Sam? Do you want to tell me what are your thoughts on what Everton are going to do going forward? It's it's kind of similar to what happened with Aston Villa and Leeds. Wait, they're still top of the table, right? Yes. I let me. I'll tell you. Yeah, I'll you have you right to check now. that out. I don't think they, so. They are. No, they are. So they just are. by goal difference, they're tied with Liverpool. But like I said, Villa's in third place with a game in hand, and they're only one point behind. See, I don't know. It's going to be a tight race. I don't. I don't feel Everton's gonna drop this year at all. Like, too you much. think Everton's gonna take it all? No, no, no. I, I, I honestly still think Liverpool might take it all. Liverpool. Yeah. That, that's kind of bold. Uh, what, what do, you, what about you, Jonathan? Who do I think is taking it all, or, I mean, or the game? No, no, no. No, actually, after Tottenham's victory today, they really grinded out. They grinded out that one over result against Burnley. No, nah, they. At Turf Moor. Yeah, one, one convincing enough. Oh, I mean, I thought they controlled the game fairly well. They limited to Burnley to just a few chances, and they tried to create as much Burnley as they possibly could. Burnley were defending like crazy. Oh, we're not even talking about this game, but I do think Tottenham are a dark horse. Uh, but Jonathan, Everton's 2-0 loss. Okay. <laughs> I do think um, Everton's 2-0 loss against Southampton was... No one saw it coming. Um, I definitely didn't. But then I saw the lineup. Uh, Richarlison is out. Well, he had a red card. He had a red card. He got a red card against. Did he? Oh, yes, he did. Well, now you know that kind of takes away a big chunk of your attack, especially down that left wing. Like he will be, it's no Richarlison. He will be still. You know, he's a decent player, but Richarlison, the way he's been playing and the link up between him, Hamas, and Calvert Lewin, uh, I think has been phenomenal. But. Without him, they looked weaker on that left side. Uh, I believe even uh, Sigurdsson came into the starting lineup, if I'm not correct. If I'm not mistaken, sorry. I believe, uh, yeah. He'd been on the bench lately, I, I believe. So, because it's been what? Allen, Decore, and. Andre Gomez. Andre's Andre Gomez. Gomez. Yeah. And then they have a center back playing right back. Because oh, ben, ben Godfrey, yeah. Yep, and I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to say these are two reasons or three reasons, but. You know, you, you have a starting 11 that's not even grinding out. They're playing very well together. Like, you're changing up a few pieces of puzzles here and there. It's going to change your style of play a little bit. Or, you know, some attacks might be slower. slower, Or, you know, just you don't have, just have that actual... Like, don't get me wrong. Sigurdsson in the midfield is still great. But I guess Alan DeCorey and Gomez have a better uh, chemistry so, than what Sigurdsson. So how much credit do we give to Southampton for their victory? Well, I do give Southampton a lot of credit because they did not play bad at all. 
they exposed all the, the weaknesses. I think Everton had a big gap between the midfield and their defensive line, and Southampton exploited that. And they had Danny Ings, who's been playing amazing for a while now, and he assisted on the second goal, I believe. From uh, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, yeah. Danny Ings has been phenomenal. I, I really, yeah. really top, top, top striker. Um, um, so, but Southampton did not play poorly whatsoever. This was a great game, in my opinion. And Southampton came to play, and they did their job, and they go home clean sheet and three points. So Everton play Newcastle next. Do you expect them to bounce back? Oh, uh, definitely. Like Newcastle, I had high hopes for them this season to stay up, but now they're not even getting results at all. And what about you? Mistaken. What about you, Sam? Who do you have in Everton versus Newcastle? Okay, but you think they're going to be convincing or? Yeah, no, I think that's going to be a convincing win. Okay, and, and John, I feel, like, I feel they want to keep the top of the table at least for as long as they can. That that's a good that's a good point. I, I and do do either of you think? And I know we talked about this before, but you know Everton, despite their loss, are still top of the table as we mentioned. Uh, are Everton going to be able to challenge for a European spot this season? Definitely. I did not have them on my list in the beginning of the season, but the way they've been playing, I thought Ancelotti was going to need one more season to find the final piece. And maybe he still does, but they're definitely a well-put-together team where they could be challenging for that top four. And Sam? I say yes, only because this is still COVID season. <laughs> champions, teams in Champions League. Fair players. enough. And also, and also, they're not. Yes, that's. But that's actually a good point because they're not. They play less games, less fatigue, yeah. le, uh, well, a less. About fatigue. No, I know, but obviously, COVID, less exposure to COVID, of course. But also, just even if this wasn't a COVID season, if you're not, if you're, if you're fighting for a chance to play in the Champions League against teams that are in the Champions League, um, you usually have a bit of an advantage because you know you're not going to Russia uh, midway through the week. You know, and then coming back and facing somebody like Manchester United or Liverpool, Everton are going to have a lot of time to regroup, despite the schedule still being a little shaky. And and, and I do want to say something, Jonathan. So who do you think? I, I have a feeling, like, I think, I really think that Everton at this point, if they have these wonderfully talented footballers, I think the weakest thing going forward is, you know, some people might say it's Andre Gomez, but I'm pretty annoyed with Richarlison. So... Maybe he, maybe they need to send someone to give him competition. If if Everton are really missing that just one piece of that link, but also they definitely need a right back because Seamus Coleman is out for God. I don't, I don't know. I think I don't think it's a serious injury. I think it's just he might be back next week. But I also think they're they're missing a right back. What about you, Jonathan? Yeah, they need a backup right back and definitely someone to push for Charleston, so he doesn't get into his head that oh I have a guaranteed starting spot right now. Like who else is gonna take it? Like, Iwobi's not taking it, but Iwobi could come. <laughs> oh, Iwobi could come, have, you know, a few good games here and there, and Richarlison might find himself you in know, danger. It, it, it's that's funny. where the attitude of these players come out. It's funny, because Danny Welbeck would have been a good signing for Everton. He would have been somebody great to have off the bench. He can play center forward. He can play nah, off down the wing. He's played good. He still, he still has. Maybe I think Daniel Sturridge is probably more finished than Danny Welbeck. I think Danny Welbeck still has something up his sleeve. They're both done. No, I think Danny Welbeck. So I mean, we'll see. He's no, not, he's not Daniel Sturridge has so much potential, and I don't know what the hell happened to that. He's too busy partying. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, you have any names that Everton might need? Uh, for a left winger. For any any right back, anything that this is undoubtedly going to make the squad better. And, oh man. 
And, uh, Maybe, and, and like feasible, like realistic too. I mean, we could be realistic now because the way they're playing and a coach like Ancelotti, who wouldn't want to go to Everton right now? I'm thinking uh, Lamar from uh, Atletico Madrid because I think he's on his way out. He's been he's had he's had an awful spell at Madrid. Oh, he's had horrible time yeah, in Atletico yeah, Madrid. And, and, not and, like when he was in Monaco. Yeah, and, and but they're, how they're, much is he gonna cost though? No, no, no. I think they want to offload him. I think they want to offload him. I'm sure he takes up a huge wage bill at Atletico Madrid. I think they're gonna want to offload him. So I'll let him go for the cheap. Um, no, nah, remember, Atletico Madrid, uh, as a few years ago, weren't in the best financial situation, so I don't think they'll just let players go like that. Well, not for free, but I don't think they're going to charge, since no, no one's probably willing to pay Lamar a lot, for a lot for Lamar, I think they're willing to take a cut deal for him. Um, and also, just, you know, Atletico's brand of football just does not suit a winger who needs the ball at his feet. It just, it yeah, you're right, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I really have to think about this. <laughs> Okay, and, and what about right back? Do you have any right back? Because they were linked with Santiago Arias, another Colombian. And um, before his injury, during the international friendly, I thought, I was thinking, yeah, he, he could probably give Seamus Coleman a run for, for his money. Uh, really? I mean, I like Arias, don't get me wrong, but I, I would still prefer Coleman over Arias. Coleman's a bit old. I know he's the captain, but I think, uh, I mean, they need they need depth. They have Ben Godfrey yeah. playing. They have Ben Godfrey playing um, at, at right back. They need depth. Like, there's just no question about it. But, I mean, for me, I, I, I think that's going to it's gonna cost them. And they're going to have to try to recruit people in January. And it's very hard to recruit players in January, as you know. Nobody wants to sell them halfway through the season. Better promote an academy player right now. <laughs> if only were that easy. Okay, guys. So, I think I'm going to wrap the episode up. Do we have any final thoughts? Uh, Leicester scoring on, on Arsenal was just a way Arsenal loses. <laughs> that header from Vardy was beautiful. It was. I was so excited to see him come off the bench too. Oh, Super Shady's not here. He hates Vardy and Luster. Yeah, and Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. Well, Shady up yours. <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> and once again, Kane and Son set up for another goal. That was, their, their, their chemistry really is telepathic. Because that header, yeah. for, for Son to read that header off of Kane, because it, it, it happened so quick in the blink of an eye. I didn't even I thought Kane was going to go for it, but it was a great pass. I don't think he meant it as a pass, but Son, I'll cre- cre- yeah, credit to Son because he got it. He, he was at the end of it. Thank you for listening to the, this latest episode of Yankees on the Prem. Uh, I'll recap match week six, and then we'll be back later on this week to offer our predictions for match week seven. Uh, probably the same more unpredictable bullshit we've had so far this season, but that's what makes this league so exciting. And I also hope that we'll be able to have, uh, we'll be fully squatted. Uh, that means uh, Jonathan, Sam, Shady, and myself uh, for the predictions and for the recap. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. That's uh, Yankees on the Prem, all one word. Don't forget, uh, we're available on almost all platforms, all major streaming services. And if you can, if you like what you listen to, please, please, please leave us a good review. And you can reach us on Instagram if you have any suggestions or if you want to come on the podcast or if you have anything you want us to talk about. Uh, until then, take care and good luck.